What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Lights, Camera, Grow podcast. My name's Jared. I'm here with my co-host, Andrew. We are on episode two of this five-episode bin series where we're talking about podcasting, YouTube, video marketing, content creation, all of the goodness, uh, but really focusing on video podcasting to be to be exact. Um, and yeah, we're just on episode two. So if you guys missed the last episode, feel free to scroll back in the feed of the podcast if you're listening to it. Make sure you listen to that episode so you have some context. Um, we kind of did like an overview, like 30,000 feet level version of what we're going to be talking about through the series. And if you're watching this on video, make sure you check out the YouTube channel where you can check out all of the full episodes along with the micro clips that we're going to be putting up there. So um, let's just talk about really quick again what we're going to talk about in this series. So again, this is a five episode binge series. Um, we're going to be talking about things like reaching your customer and with rich media, you know, like a podcast or a video series. We're going to also be talking about how the format of podcasting can help you create content at scale, um, which is a big thing that a lot of companies kind of deal with. And obviously content strategists and, and ourselves, we deal with this as, as well. We're going to talk about how you can not only grab attention, but how you can keep it because of the longer form media that we're building here. Um, we're going to talk about the white space and taking advantage of that in YouTube and we're going to be talking about like how you can actually execute this and what kind of team you need. So that's kind of like a recap of the entire series. All right, what's going on, Andrew? Episode two. Not much, man. Just uh, get getting through our five episodes here and uh, like ready to jump into the meat of it, man. Cool. Um, all right, so let's talk about what we're going to call this episode. We don't really have a title for it, but let's call it the stakes. So sure. let's yep. break down first off what the stakes mean, if anybody out there doesn't really understand that, and kind of like what the risk and reward is of these stakes. Yeah, so you know, we talked on our last episode a little bit about how the paradigm is shifting, right? The the way we market to and sell to customers in light of this global kind of crisis, health crisis that's going on. And I think in the last episode, we kind of laid some foundation to say, look, things are going to be different, you know, after we emerge out of this thing. And we are going to emerge out of this thing and we're going to be okay, you know. But I think it's going to fundamentally change a lot of the ways that we do business. And we talked about internally things like remote work. That's obviously going to be like a really big thing. But externally, as you're trying to go, reach out to your customers and message to them and communicate them, communicate with them through content. Um, you know, there's a lot at stake. And I think, you know, the companies that sort of adapt to this paradigm shift, um, they're going to be the winners and there's going to be losers that don't adapt to it. Right. And so, um, the analogy I think you drew in the last episode, Jared was sort of this web 2.0 shift during the financial crisis when, you know, a lot of people were out of work. Like we started to see social networks like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram grow. And you know, there were a bunch of people who didn't jump on, who didn't quote unquote jump on the bandwagon, right? To to do social and they were behind it. And then sure enough, you're in 2015, and you're like, everyone's gotta be on social. So everyone's <laughs> scrambling to be on social. Right. You know, I kind of feel like we're we're in that period, like just before that scramble, when it was like every mom and pop shop now realized they had to have like a Facebook page or an Instagram profile or whatever. Um, I think we're still probably, you know, a year or two years away from everyone feeling like they, a brand needs to have a podcast or a YouTube channel, right? But uh, I think we're 
slowly going to get there after this kind of paradigm shift that's happened with the coronavirus. And so, you know, I think the companies that are smart and will start adapting the way they approach content um, during this period, you know, and we're, we're kind of in the middle end of March right now in 2020, um, you know, this is going to be a year where you need to pivot your content strategy to be more focused on audio and video. And, you know, um, actually, I'll give you a really good example, Jared, one of our clients, the Institute for Luxury Home Marketing. So shout out to ILHM. Um, you know, they, they decided to heavily invest in a pod, video podcast and YouTube driven uh, YouTube growth strategy with us. They made this decision in November or December of last year. I just was texting with the owner of the Institute and we were just saying like, man, I am, she, she was telling me like, I am so glad that we worked with you guys because we are so well positioned for this thing right now. And I told her, I was like, I am so glad that you trusted us and you, you know, you you believed in what we had to say and that you're just set up right now to just take market share, you yep. know? And so I think that is a pretty good example of like kind of the risk and reward, you know what I mean? You're going to be investing a lot more money in content probably, but I do think that, you know, if you're a brand that has customers that you're trying or prospects you're trying to engage, which is every brand out right. there, right? Um, I think that, you know, I, and we'll get into this in this episode, there's going to be some winners that adapt to it and there's going to be some losers who don't adapt to it. And, yeah. Um, you know, I think that's going to be very evident. So, yeah, that's a, that's a great call. And I touched on it last episode a little bit when I was talking about out of sight, out of mind. And now because yep. everybody's online and, you know, it's literally a fire hose at your face at all times, you know, between the news, just yep. regular, you know, media, um, sports, whatever that is right now, social media. So you've got to be top of mind, top of funnel, <laughs> not to be uh, too cute yep. there, but you've got to be top of mind, you know, um, at all times. And I think, you know, what, what you're talking about with ILHM and, and, you know, their investment that they made, they saw the value in this strategy because we're creating, you know, these larger pieces of media, but it's also giving them a longer tail to use throughout a longer time period, um, and if you don't have yep. an internal team that can create these things, you know, it becomes even more uh, relevant that you find, you know, a team or somebody that can can really help you build these things. Um, yeah. And it's it's not just about having a team. Right. Because even if you had a team and you didn't have a really good strategy to approach right. video production, you're going to be spending tons of money on video production. It's going to be you're going to be spending a lot of effort on it. Right. So yeah. like, I think you need to have a systematized process to build this rich media and distribute the rich media. Right. Yeah, that's right. So there's one part of it, which is just the hard part, which is what you focus on Jared, which is how do I concept and creatively direct like what this is going to look like? How many episodes? What are the names of the episodes? What's the content that's going to go into the episodes? How do we break that content down to get the most potential use out of it, right? And then there's the other side of it, which is, okay, we just create all this content and we don't put it out there or distribute it or find a way to promote it. No one's going to no one's gonna find you and no one's going to listen to it or, or watch it, right? So there's the distribution and growth strategy side to it as well. And I think you need a anyone who's going to adapt to this shift to become a winner has got to marry these two things together, right? Yep. Creative direction and production with 
growth strategy and distribution, right? Yeah. So that you're not only getting eyeballs and ears on your content, but then you're directing them to a very clear to the right direction. places, right? Exactly. So that you can get them further down the funnel and do some lead gen. And I think that's the biggest struggle, I think, with people who are starting podcasts or YouTube channels. It's like, how do I connect this back to some sort of call to action, right? And I think we'll get into more of those technical details as we get further into the episodes. But yeah, but yeah, I think, um, you know, to your point, like, you know, this whole concept of rich media requires a team and uh, a process to go about doing it. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's uh, in podcasting, going back to your, your, how do you create the call to action? It's still pretty, it's still pretty vague right now because it is much, very much in some ways like a radio, if you, if you will, to think of it in that yep. regard where, you know, the old school way of written, I guess not even old school, it's still available, but you can radio advertise and the, you know, you're just like kind of throwing things out there into the middle of time and hoping somebody like turns the radio on, on that channel at that specific time. Uh, it's a little bit more targeted than that, but in that sense, like the calls to actions have to be a lot more clear. They have to be a lot more thought out. They have to be um, timed properly when you're, you know, when you're going to put these in, and that's where the video aspect I think becomes really powerful. And what we do with the videos um, that we end up with from the larger piece of pillar content. And again, well, yeah, yep. we'll touch on that in a little bit in another episode later. Um, okay, so let's talk about the winners and the losers because mm -hmm. there's always one, there's always one of each, right? Uh, so what what does the winner look like in this scenario? Yeah. So, you know, again, like we talk about this shift and the people who are going to adapt to the shift, I obviously think they're going to be a winner. Right. And I think if you were to summarize it kind of in a nutshell, it's the people who decide or the businesses or brands that decide to pivot their content strategy. And I wouldn't say like it's a hard pivot, right? Like you're going to stop your blogging, you're going to yeah. stop your social, you're going to stop all that stuff. Right. No, no. Yeah, yeah, you're going to add to it, right? And so you're going to pivot a little bit and you're going to start using more video and podcasts to build more top of funnel content, right? It's not there to convert people into lead gen or anything like that. It's just there to engage people and to build audiences and to get views, you know? But I think the winners are the ones who are going to start using rich content. And I, the reason why I think they become a winner is because it actually humanizes your brand, mm -hmm. right? It's so it's so funny, man. Like I talk, we we talk, we deal with a lot of brands who are kind of like the holistic space, right? They do things like essential oils or CBD, and they have a big connection back to like yoga and wellness and those kind of concepts, right? And I'm always shocked to see like how few brands actually of those types of brands don't that don't have a podcast right right yeah yeah totally because i think those types of brands like you need to i think empathy and understanding the challenges that people are facing like you do meditation or you do yoga or whatever right because you're fighting stress or you're just trying to find a way to clear your mind and i think a lot of these instructors they have this i don't know it's like this soothing yoga voice i don't know how like <laughs> call it sir i don't know it's like it's like way out there right? right but in any case i think that if you have like being able to communicate like with your tone of voice in an audio an auditory way right there's tone in writing there's tone in audio but i think being able to show that empathy or being able to show who you are through your voice like that gets communicated so yeah, much articulation better articulation becomes a through, lot stronger 
Yeah, and I think ultimately what that means is that you humanize yourself and your brand in front of people because we always think of companies as like this like impersonal like entity, which is why I think personal branding and company branding have become even more important these days, yeah. right? But it allows your company to literally have a voice, right? Right. And um, whoever you're, who's hosting your podcast, in this case, you're our host, like you're the voice of our company in a lot of ways, right? And so like, it's almost like if you're about to go into a sales meeting or whatever, if that person had heard a piece of podcast content from you in the past, you kind of soften up the runway a little bit yeah, for you before definitely. you jump into that sales meeting. And I, a lot of times, like when actually I go into sales calls with people who are interested in our service, they're like, oh, Andrew, like I heard your podcast and I watched your podcast and dude, they already saw me. Yeah, they, they feel like they know me. you already. Like, exactly. And that's just for me as a sales guy, right? The guy who does biz dev for our company. Um, that actually makes me relax, a lot more relaxed, right. right? Knowing that they kind of already know me. They kind of know like, how I'm going to talk, my body language, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. So then you have someone who you see on a video podcast, but then you are on a zoom call with them or a Skype call or whatever. And it's just like an extension of that experience. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's another example, I think, uh, of winners who will adapt to this shift more from a, a sales perspective, like call it more of an inside sales perspective. And obviously I think for B2B companies, a lot of us like, um, can see some value out of that. But I also think like having that humanizing like factor of it as well uh, is important, right? Um, another aspect, I don't know, maybe you can talk a little bit more about this, Jared, is um, the entertainment aspect of it, yeah. right? And so I think we talk a lot about business content and educational content. I wouldn't say it's boring content, but it's it's not entertainment content, right, like stuff right. that Disney but it can or be. whoever... But it can be right, and I think that's uh, I think that's a trap maybe that some some business brand or brands fall into when they're creating this kind of content. Like it's always got to be like serious, or it's right, always got to right. be educational. And I don't know what do you, what's your take on yeah, like I guess that's that's a great brands bringing entertainment to the to the table as yeah. as a content for or in a content strategy. Yeah, that, I mean that's a great that's a great point. So. Um, I, it, I'll use us for an example, but I'll use a better example or, or not a better example, but like a higher case use scenario. Yeah. So for us, we have, we have run with Toby, which is a podcast series that is more culturally based. Um, it's kind of a little bit of a hodgepodge of different things. You know, we used to talk about the technology that we were in. We talk about sports events that were happening and how things were catching our attention differently. Then we have a couple round table episodes with some of the employees. So it's like a little bit all over the place, but it's more of the personality of the company. So if people were to go, like you're saying, and they watch the series or an episode of that, they're going to feel a lot more comfortable because they're going to be like, Oh, I can relate to these people. They're just a bunch of regular guys that are just, or guys and gals, sorry, that are just chopping it up. And you know, it feels really, really like relatable. Um, and obviously that can be a, there's a turnoff that could happen as well, right? That's the risk, but at least they'll know ahead of time what they're getting, um, because it's very authentic where lights, camera grows more of a buttoned up series. We have really specific talking points like we're doing on this, uh, on this season. Um, so there's two different like propositions there that you can use this as entertainment. So one is very whimsical. One is very, uh, culturally based and the other one is more like, we're giving you hardcore concepts, but we're still showing you our personality through it. Better examples of this or higher quality examples, I would, uh, if you will, um, REI has 
uh, I think five or six different podcasts. And for anybody that doesn't know what REI, yeah. it's an outdoors brand. They produce outdoor wear for like hiking and just anything outdoorish. Um, so they decided to create a po- a couple podcast series. I think it was like a couple years ago because they were in fear that people were starting to think of their brand as only for the super awesome who want to go out and run 50 miles at five in the morning, you yep. know, for fun. So they decided yep. to kind of humanize and bring the brand to yep. people that are just like want to go camping, you know, one weekend a year. So they, the concepts they came up with were somewhere based off of like, uh, interviewing experts in nature and experts that are expert outdoors people. But the other ones were things like, Oh, we're going to tell you a bunch of scary stories around a campfire. Um, we're going to, you know, bring an entertaining sector. We're going to interview people that, you know, are more on the average normal customer level rather than the, you know, elite athlete type level. So I think there's different ways that you can totally spin it. Um, I think the winners in this category will be people that co-brand, I think it's a really good opportunity to bring other brands that are either like-minded or maybe offer a complimentary service to what you're doing to the table and you start to interview them and you can kind of cross-promote each other. Um, I think that's where things really start to kind of take off. Um, Trader Joe's has a, a podcast, right? Yep. Which is crazy to think about. Like, why would a grocery store yep. chain have a podcast? But they... But, but it makes sense. But look at the culture of Trader Joe's. Like, yeah, exa- are, exactly. Like, look at that. That stupid like printed newsletter that they have exactly. like, every week and copying it like that. Comp- but a podcast is the natural extension of something like that for a whimsical brand like exactly. that. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And so I- that whim, I guess that whimsicalness, if that is even a word, <laughs> um, like it, it just gets expressed a lot more through a rich media format like a podcast or even if, uh, or even a video. Exactly. You know? Yeah, and it's an extension of again. It's just an. It's also another touch point that you can have out there. So you know you don't, you're obviously not spending every day at Trader Joe's, but maybe you spend one day you know every two weeks, but you're spending you know two days a week listening to their podcast. So it's another yep. touch point, and it brings what is you know known in our business as brand affinity, essentially, where people are now starting to follow your brand because they love the brand, not just because they like whatever you're selling. And that obviously yep. creates a deeper root. Uh, you know, Apple is notorious for this. They create an entire ecosystem off of it. And now you're pretty much like, oh, well, if you're in it, whatever Apple puts out, you're going to buy, right? So um, yep. I think if you can create that ecosystem, you know, over these different pieces of rich media along with what you're currently doing, it just makes your brand yep. affinity that much deeper. Yeah, I mean, I this is, <laughs> if this ends up becoming a clip, um, like, Please don't take this the wrong way, but like, yeah, um, I sort of see it as a sneaky way to get a a marketing touch point, right? And um, like, you know, a marketing touch point is a Facebook ad or a piece of direct mail or, you know, uh, an email that goes out, right? Or a social media post. But dude, like we're pushing, most of the time you're pushing a podcast episode to somebody, right? Which is a similar, like sending them an email. Yep. But they have to open or listen to that mm-hmm. podcast, equivalent of opening an email, right? And then they have to play through the podcast, right? Which is the equivalent of like a click-through, for example, totally. right? Or reading through the and entire so, email. Like there's, yeah, exactly. And so there's there's absolutely a funnel there, if you want to call it a funnel. But it's it's a much, I guess, less intrusive 
and culturally, like where we are today, like people love podcasts. Mm-hmm. Who the hell likes to get another blog post to read or like another email marketing thing? You know what I mean? Like we, it's almost like par for the course now. So we kind of are a little desensitized to like typical channels. But that's why I call like the podcast is like a sneaky way to get a marketing touch point because people don't see it as a marketing message if right. it's coming through a podcast, right? right? Um, they see it as something that they're voluntarily like, like pulling down for themselves. So totally. I think that's another example of the winners who will probably like a gain that the winners will get uh, adapt into this kind of paradigm shift. Yeah. And because by nature, because it's, you know, audible, it's gotta be, um, it's gotta be entertaining. Otherwise it's not yep. going to hold someone's attention. So you've got to get them. And you know, yep. I, I don't want to say you only have 15 or 30 seconds to get their attention, but it's got to grab their attention. They, they need to want to sit there and stay and listen to the episode because by nature they are longer forms of content. It's not, you know, your yep. 15 second Snapchat ad or whatnot. So, um, so yep. think about that when you are thinking about constructing a podcast, you know, don't just make it a boring blog post turned into audio. Think about an entertaining way to, to deliver the content. Totally. Yep. Cool. All right. So let's talk about the losers because there's a handful of those that are going to happen, right? And or yeah. How about let's not call them losers. Let's call them late to the party because that's what's, yeah. <laughs> that's what's going to happen, right? We'll They're call them the late. people who didn't win, didn't win yet. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're just going to be late to the party. So what do those people look like, or those companies? Actually, yes. Yeah. So I think everyone has gotten the, you know, if you've been in digital marketing, you understand the importance of indexing, like having content out there consistently that's indexed, you know, it's targeted to the right people, whether it's on social or on your own blog or your own assets. Um, But I, I think in a nutshell, the people who will probably be a little late to the party are the folks who are just going to continue with their existing content strategy, you know, now and for the end of time, right? They're the same folks who are like, oh, I don't need to be on social, um, you know, back in 2008 or 2009, like my direct mail, my email marketing programs, they're all working just fine. And sure enough, five years later, like you have all these pages who have hundreds of thousands of millions of followers, and you're just trying to build your page, right? So I think that's an example of like how a company that might fall a little behind. Um, and look, I, I don't. I think as much as I want to say a podcast is for everyone, um, it might not be for your business too. You know what I mean? You might have the time or the money to invest in it. It does take time, just like any other content format, to do it. But I think you know companies that only execute kind of like a blog, lead magnet slash ebook, you know. PDF download kind of strategy, um, you know, they're they're going to get left behind, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's only going to be more written content that's going to be out there. And, and even seeing the growth of all the rich media that we've been seeing, obviously that there's going to be more competition out there for eyes and ears, right? Um, but I think ultimately, like, you've got to figure out a way to add rich media to your content strategy, you know, moving forward. Um, you know, another thing that I don't, I feel like a lot of people fail to realize is that, you know, if you're not on YouTube, like you're missing out on search. Yeah, right? a lot. Your search, your SEM strategy is not complete without some kind of content on YouTube or a strategy around YouTube. And even more so if you are in one of those companies that uses education to sell and content, like you're missing out on so much. Like 
everybody goes to YouTube to learn something, right? Like, yeah. I, I want to say that's one of the primary, like, obviously, to entertain yourself and watch all, you know, the, the media companies and the content creators on YouTube. stupid that things are, like you know, how to fix my faucet, you know, those kind of things, too. No shit, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, those kind of things, exactly. So, like... And dude, that's such a SEO SEOable like term. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and so I think, you know, there's three three billion searches on YouTube per month. Like you've got to get your share of that pie, right? The other thing too is that every video that is watched by people can be used as a retargeting tool, right? Right. So at, you can think of your video almost as a landing page in a sense, because the audience that watches that video can be in a way, quote unquote, pixeled, right? So that when you want to run a retargeting campaign to someone who watched your top of funnel content to move them down to the middle of funnel, you can run a pre-roll, mid-roll, whatever ad Mm -hmm. on YouTube to get them down, right? So I think, you know, YouTube in itself is just a crazy ecosystem for advertising. And dude, just think about it. Like, what would it have cost a brand to advertise on ABC, NBC, whatever, like back in the day. Even now. Right. Yeah. Even now, right? And now effectively you're able to actually buy the same ad space or the real estate as a company that would advertise on ABC like Apple or whatever, right? That's, That's amazing that you can actually put, you can put your ads at that level at scale if you have the budget to do that. Yep. So I think organically, like if you're not creating lots of micro video content to build a YouTube channel out of, number one, you're missing out on organic search from YouTube, which is huge. Um, and last episode you kind of talked about and brought up a really good point that you will also show up on Google search if your video is indexed in YouTube, right? Um, So that you're missing out on that organic search as well, potentially from Google, not just YouTube, right? Um, And then I think you're also missing out on huge paid opportunities with YouTube because I think that's a big barrier to entry to people who are like, oh, I'm running Facebook ads, I'm running Google ads, I'm running Instagram ads, I'm running LinkedIn ads, but why not YouTube? Right. Well, we don't have any video content or our channels to send anybody back to, you know? So I think, you know, that opens up your options in terms of paid media. And I've always said that paid media is kind of your catalyst to getting things like started quickly as you're trying to build organic traffic. Right. So I think, you know, if you're, if you're kind of late to the party, if you would, in terms of, and I don't think you're quite late yet, but it's getting there. Right. Um, you know, I think if you're, if you're late to the party, I think you're missing out on those real organic and paid opportunities that might be available with, with, uh, with, you know, platforms like YouTube, for example. Yeah. And one thing I'll kind of piggyback on, like, I, I don't think you have to stop blogging. I don't think you should stop, you know, yep. writing eBooks or any written content. In fact, I just listened to a podcast uh, of Malcolm Gladwell, he's actually writing his next book in audiobook slash podcast format. So oh, he's going to put out a, a normal written copy, but um, less less printed copies, so it doesn't cost as much, obviously. Um, and the rest okay. of it's going to be put out in an audiobook format, so he can sell it that way because it's it's easier to distribute. You can get it over a wider audience, cast a wider net, and he's also yeah. building content that links back to it through a podcast. So it's this whole ecosystem that he's kind of building with his books, which is really cool. Uh, I think he said he was also going to append some of his older books in the form of like podcasts and audio. So I think it's a really cool strategy 
Um, and uh, I, I would say, it, I mean, even like HBO, all their new series, they're adding a podcast to it, which is crazy. So mm. you have your series, then they have the after podcast episode where the director talks and they talk about, you know, the in-depth you know, if it's a documentary, they talk about all the, you know, in-depth parts of the documentary, that, all the behind-the-scenes type stuff. So there's ways to complement what you're already doing with these rich forms of media. So it's not like you have to abandon ship, but it is something that you need to adapt to if you don't want to be left behind. Yeah, maybe one last point on this, which is if you've already executed a killer blogging strategy, it's SEO, you're getting great organic traffic for it your podcast strategy becomes so easy, right? right? You just leverage everything you did that worked for your blog and then you figure out a way to translate that into a podcast. And then eventually you'll turn that into a YouTube channel and we'll go over that process, right? From top to bottom, like how you would create growth for a YouTube channel by building a video podcast. But if you've already executed a top-notch like content strategy around blogging and lead magnets and things like that, your your life is actually a little bit easier to create a podcast so yep. cool great last thoughts um all right all right that's gonna do it for here uh for us on episode two don't forget if you did not hear episode one go back check it out so you can have context for the entire series um it is a five-part series that we're going to be going through this was episode two thanks for listening if you like this podcast and you're listening to it don't forget to rate review subscribe tell a friend about it And if you are watching it on video in the full format or the micro formats, um, you can find it on YouTube. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk to you soon.